Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Uh, let's get ready to rumble! He's the fastest man on the planet. He did go up there, Rabbits. What about Andrew King? Put him in the socket. Put him somewhere. He's too good for this game. Yes, yes, hello one, hello all. We are back uh, with a delayed episode. Um, someone decided to be sick the other day and we couldn't record. And that man is Joe from the Park Footy Pod. Joe, how are we? Yeah, good day, boss man. How are you going? Good, mate, good. How was the uh, the week of Supercoach? Uh, I know as a non-turbo captain of yourself, um, Sunday must have been a horror show. Oh, mate, I was sitting there. I lost both my head-to-heads simply because of Turbo. Yeah, I didn't captain him, of course. Typical me, not captaining the right player. Uh, I, I know that you you got up on him, though. Yeah, I had a very poor week, uh, saved by Turbo captaining at the end. Uh, Connor Watson, Mitch Barnett, uh, Takiyaho, guys like that. Dane Gagai as well, just didn't perform. And we were stuck without them. But, yeah, it was always good to see a, a captain choice come off good. I mean, I captain Pappy when he got that huge score and then captain Turbo uh, came into my big head-to-head matchup. Uh, I think I was 250 points behind. And I had Turbo captain versus Schuster and Curran. And uh, yeah, got, got the chockies there, which was nice. But yeah, it was a sight to behold. Tommy Turbo on a Sunday Arvo. Um, he's the first person we'll talk about, mate. Basically, what we learned from round nine, uh, that Turbo is the best player in the comp and would walk the Dally M every year if he was fit. Agree? Oh, 100%. He's definitely the most influential uh, in the game. You can see what he does for all his teammates. Somebody like a Jason Saab has gone from incredibly irrelevant and super coach to one of the most relevant uh, center center wings in the game. So uh, that's, and that, that's all down to Tommy Turbo, mate. He's an absolute machine. And that's the next thing we learned, mate. Jason Saab becomes a genuine cash cow. He's currently priced at 342K with a minus 23 break even. So definitely could see uh, the Saabinator getting up to sort of 420, in times where we thought he was going to be absolutely garbage, uh, floating on that 200k mark, all it takes is uh, one, one or two good outputs, and, and your price skyrockets. We see that with guys like Bailey Simonson as well. But yeah, Jason Saab, uh, when Tommy makes a break, he's just got to look on the outside of him, and Saab's gonna be there. He's uh, he's very, very quick. I'd love to see a foot race between him and the man that scored six tries on the weekend, Ado Car or, or Xavier Coates or any, any like that. So yeah, Saab becomes a genuine cash cow. If you've held him this long, I think you're going to be able to uh, make some good money before round 13 and, and bolster the squad there. Um, yeah, Jason Saab, it's just, it's so, it's fantastic to see how one player can change a team so much. And Manly's fortunes changed when they had that one point win over the Warriors. Uh, I think it was back in round four. And they haven't really looked back apart from the loss to the Panthers the week before, but even then they weren't overly disgraced. I think the, the scoreboard really... Um, blew out that game in terms of what it was. 
Oh, definitely. I thought Manly were really impressive against Penrith, to be honest. I think uh, as a Panthers fan, Manly really sort of pushed us. I think they scored three tries against us, which I don't think anybody's done this year. Uh, so it just goes to show the, the attacking potency in that team when Tommy Turbo is there. Uh, not to mention that Manly do have a pretty pretty good draw coming up. Obviously got the Broncos this week. So I think Jason Saab uh, is only going to continue to make cash. He, yeah, If you held on to him this long, chances are you got rid of either one of Charlie Stans or Bailey Simonson. I think out of those three players, you probably started off with all three and, and one of them got dropped. So all three performed on the weekend. So you, you're probably not disappointed either way. Yeah, hindsight's a great thing. And people say, oh, you hold these cash cows all the way long. But it was looking pretty grim. So if you traded out Stains or or um, Simonson, I don't, I don't begrudge it. I think, yeah, hindsight's a great thing. And we can easily look back and say that, oh, don't trade them out. But uh, if you kept one of them, you, you're doing fine. Matt Icavalo from, uh, from the Roosters, Brett Morris from Wish. Um, basically a genuine option now to, to pick up. We we touched on this, I think it was last week, the week before, that, that if he gets that starting spot over someone like a Suwali, um, his try-scoring record's phenomenal, and, and he proved that again on the weekend. It does make some pretty costly errors uh, in terms of like dropping the ball and whatnot, but good thing Supercoach only counts for two points in that, whereas a try counts for 17. Uh, Matt Icavalo, if the Roosters were playing around 13, I think a lot more people would be owning him, but yeah, even at the price, I think 500k, for, for a guy that, that we know what he can do. Uh, I think it's a genuine option. What do you think? Oh, definitely. I mean, you only have to look at Brett Morris and look at the price he was sitting at before injury. And, you know, I mean, Brett, Brett Morris obviously gets some attacking stats that Matt Icavalo is not going to get, but a uh, majority of those points did come from tries and Icavalo is in the exact same position to be receiving those tries. Uh, for me, it, it really depends on the, the health of Sammy Walker as well. Obviously, Sammy Walker's really been struggling lately. Uh, he has that AC joint injury and now his ankle as well. So I think if uh, Sammy Walker's out, it might hinder Matty Caballo just a little bit. Uh, but yeah, I think he's a genuine option for sure. Yeah, I'm curious because they've got uh, Adam Kieran, who's probably the backup half at the moment, who I think is a very capable halfback, but not too sure whether he's going to get uh, as much out of Icavalu as someone like Walker would. But we've always, always got Teddy there who's floating around, who uh, is a phenomenal ball player. Now, week in, week out, we talk about how much we love the Supercoach game, but one man that hates Supercoach, Adam O'Brien, just continually wants to uh, punish us with this whole Connor Watson, Mitch Barnett, Lachlan Fitzgibbon debacle. We know that uh, it was always going to be an issue, but I didn't think it was going to be this much of an issue this early. Uh, Fitzgibbon comes back, plays big minutes his first game back to first grade. Watson and Barnett relegated to, to lesser minutes. It's worrying times for Newcastle, isn't it? Oh, absolutely. And there's there's one bloke that uh, saw this coming and he's sitting right here and speaking currently. I, I think I got rid of Barnett at about 600k. Uh, and I just knew that something like this was going to be happening. Obviously, bringing Fitzgibbon back in, it just brings up too much uncertainty. And for everybody holding on to Barnett now, I personally, I, I think you're probably better off keeping him until uh, at least maybe after Origin. And I think even after Origin, depending on how he's going in his minutes. But heading into Origin, I think Frizzell's pretty likely to get picked for New South Wales this year. And I think that you're going to find Barnett's going to go back in and play 80 minutes over origin. So he's a good option. Uh, I think if you didn't sell him, yeah, about a week or two weeks ago, you're probably better off just holding on to him at the moment, but uh, very worrying times if you do own him. I do agree, mate. I do think that um, both those guys are holds until around 13. Just cop the the price drop you're going to get over the next couple of weeks, but look to sell them probably around 14. It was, it was always on the cards, but I didn't expect it to be as soon as it was. But I think you're right with with uh, Frizzell, probably the best second row in, the, in in New South Wales at the moment, um, outperforming Crichton, who will probably take the other second row spot. So we will see one of those spots free up for uh, Barnett. But looking at his previous stats, I mean, he averaged 62 or 63 
um, last year, but that was with no Frizzell taking minutes away from him. So that's always going to be an issue. But Adam O'Brien seems to favor Frizzell playing big minutes, which is fine. He's an elite second row, which, which is totally cool. But yeah, I think Connor Watson did his best footy when he came on after 20 and played the rest of the game or, or even 50 minutes of that had, had a great PPM. But Connor Watson is going to be one of these guys that's going to get you a 55, 60 when he was playing good minutes. But he only pumped out, I think it was a 50 on the weekend with a try assist. So that isn't fantastic. But uh, look, I think at least holding a weekend and going from there and, and seeing how we go. Um, but could definitely see a world where you sell to, to get guys like Madison or, or Papa Lee, for example. The last point and the last thing that we learned from round nine, mate, uh, my personal favorite, CSC Watakiaho, not goal kicking, not starting, not getting anywhere near the productivity, losing cash um, like it's no tomorrow, 470K with 100 break even, named on the bench again, a genuine uh, keeper, in my opinion, when he was goal kicking, now becomes pretty much a must sell. Oh, look, he was one of the best front row options uh, at the start of the year, even last year as well. Uh, goal kicking on one of the best teams in the comp. You just thought that Tokiaho was going to be a keeper for the rest of the year. But the, the way that things have unfolded there in Sydney, uh, obviously we're seeing Tokiaho being moved to the bench as well. Uh, for me, I, I've i still got him in my team. It really pains me to say, but the fact is there's just so many so many players out this week and so many different things going on that you might not be able to get rid of Tokiaho. But in saying that, the silver lining is that they've got the Cowboys and the Broncos the next two weeks. So Tokiaho might still go out there and put up decent stats, regain his money, or even stay at the money that he's at now, and you can get rid of him later on. I don't think it's a damning indictment on Tokiaho. I think he's still carrying that rib injury. and That's probably affecting him a lot. But also someone like Jared Roy Hargraves is playing fantastic footy. So... Uh, it's a, it's probably the, the the Sean Lane case where you've got a guy off the bench playing good footy and you're not 100. Um, percent Definitely don't hate the idea from Trent Robinson to move him to the bench. It just kills Supercoach. Um, but yeah, look, he was a guy that I was genuinely looking at keeping for the rest of the year. But the way things planned out, and he, he becomes a must sell for me. But I understand holding him with with all the issues that people have. All the issues that people have, mate. Uh, we'll discuss them from a, a big teamless Tuesday fallout. That there's countless droppings, countless. Um, Talking points, we'll start off with probably the biggest one, Kyle Flanagan, uh, being dropped from the Bulldogs. Do you think this is harsh on Flano? Do you think it's it's a sort of unfair that he doesn't have much to work around? Or do you look at guys like Jack Gavarillo who seem to be um, doing enough to keep their spot and you could think, oh, well, what could have been from Flanagan? Or, or do you think this is just a, a clip around the ears and, and we'll be seeing him back in a couple of weeks? I think it's definitely a clip around the ears. Yesterday in his interview as well, he was mentioning that he's carrying a bit of an injury. So I wouldn't be surprised if Trent Barrett sort of looked at him, seeing that he's a bit burnt out. Obviously, the Bulldogs haven't been performing well at all. Um, and being a halfback and all the pressure that's on somebody like a Cole Flanagan, going out there and uh, being the guy that's meant to be out there and being, I guess, going out there and ensuring that your team is scoring all these points and nothing's happening a lot of that pressure is falling back on Kyle Flanagan and you can really tell that it's getting to him. Obviously breaking down into tears yesterday at the interview. Uh, look, I, I think he needs a week off or at least he needs a week or two off just to sort of recharge his batteries and come back into this side. But uh, unfortunately for the Bulldogs, they don't really have that many good options to, to sort of fill in for his place, but I think he'd be better for a spell anyways. Yeah, I think the problem with making all these marquee signings so far out, uh, you've got Addo Carr, Burton, Naden, that... 2021 becomes sort of redundant and it just seems like everyone's down tools and they're just waiting for um, next year to happen. And and I, I understand the positives behind building to a better future, but at the same time, it's, it's always going to be in the back of your mind that uh, what's the point of this year when, when we've got reinforcements next year and then what happens next year when it doesn't click 
Uh, it just becomes a recurring cycle, in my opinion. Another man dropped, another young up-and-coming player, Jake Simpkin, Trouble Town in Tigerville. Um, yeah, Mike Maguire is pretty quick to, to flip the switch. And I just don't understand why we bring Jake Simpkin into first grade and, and get him experience and then just drop him three or four weeks later. It's not going to do his psyche any good. Probably not going to do the morale of the Tigers any good. Uh, yeah, as a Tigers fan, mate, I, I don't understand this. Um, I'm all for having Jacob Little in the team, but probably put him on the bench and leave Simkin out there or vice versa. I don't think you can have just one or the other uh, and keep Moses and Bai floating around. Being, being a Tigers fan, mate, what do you make uh, of Madge? Obviously, last year we saw with Benji him getting dropped and the halves chopping and changing. I think it changed, what, like eight times last year. It seems to be a bit of a trend with Michael Maguire. I know, obviously, he's won that premiership there with the Rabbitohs in, what, 2014. But the fact is... Like the game has changed so much, and I, I just don't understand. Like I, I don't understand what he's doing or what his tactics are behind anything. Like, how, how do you feel about Madge? Look, I think Madge has been given a, a tough hand. Um, Ivan clearly left the club in a pretty shit state, but Madge also hasn't done himself any favors in Tigers fans' books. It's yeah, I'm I'm very indifferent on him. A lot of people, a lot of footy fans, will jump up and down, scream and shout, but. I'm not one of those guys. I'm pretty reserved in the sense that I understand where the Tigers are in the packing order. But yeah, I think if he didn't have that premiership 2014, he'd just be another name. But yeah, there seems to be some kind of aura around Mike McGuire. And I don't really understand that he's just a very mediocre coach, in my opinion, coaching a very mediocre side um, with not a lot of future. I mean, Tigers pump out juniors like there's no tomorrow and we pump out some fantastic juniors. But I don't know, we just seem to go back to the well with these old... Uh, more experienced guys that aren't getting the job done. So I'd much rather younger guys come in that don't get the job done than, than older guys to be paid a fortune too. Look, a lot of big contracts come off the board in a couple of years. So yeah, we lose the Russell Packer money. We lose the Josh Reynolds money. We lose the Moses and buy money. Uh, James Tamo is not on a, on a small uh, pocket change either. So yeah, it's probably a rebuilding year for, for us and probably a rebuilding year for the next two or so years. And I'd love to see, um, you touched on it beforehand, I'd love to see someone like a Shane Flanagan come into the club and and give a bit more recent experience. But is he also the same mould as Shane Flanagan, uh, as Mark McGuire, a coach that won a comp uh, five or so years ago and hasn't really done much since. So as a Tigers fan, mate, pretty indifferent. Uh, I'm not going to jump up, scream and shout because I don't, I don't care. I've just be, I've just hit a point now where where I don't care. I just want to see us play some good footy, and if that means losing every week, that's fine. But yeah, it's uh, it is what it is. But um, Ryan Pappenhausen, he's probably going to do some super coaches heads in uh, leading up to the game. I'm pretty confident that he plays. He just has to get through the captain's run, and he'll be fine. He passed all injury concerns at training yesterday, so. Yeah, I think Pap's going to play at 19. And if you've held him this long, you'd be putting the reserve on him, even though named at 19. Oh, a thousand percent, mate. I almost traded him into my team uh, yesterday. I've gone through and I've made some some different trades, but I think that uh, somebody like a Pappy, if you can bring him in this week and he does play, going against St. George, obviously no Munster, no Grant. Uh, I think Pappy's going to go out there and put up a ton. Uh, and if you've, if you've got him, you'd be it'd be a pretty good pod move this week, I'd imagine. Yeah, um, it's... Weird times at the Storm. They've named Kenny Bromwich at nine. They've named uh, Riley Jacks in the halves. Nico Hines at fullback. I think Hines might move to six, Pappy to fullback, and and maybe Smoothie coming into nine to start. But it's been a, a week from hell for the Storm in terms of injuries. Obviously, Cam Munster out. Harry Grant also out. The Cheese out. So those are going to rotate. We'll, we'll touch on Munster quickly. If Adam Dewey was still at six, um, I would definitely be trading Munster for Dewey. But the fact that Dewey's now at centre 
there's not a whole lot of options coming through that will cover you around 13 for 5.8. So that leaves me a little bit indifferent on Munster. I don't own him. I'm pretty sure you don't own him either. But if you did, would you be looking at trading him or, or not? Because there's no other options coming through. Well, I mean, they said that he's going to be out for a minimum of two weeks. Plus, then you've got Origin coming out. Uh, I think it's sort of the same sort of situation as, uh, as a Fafita, who obviously we're going to be touching on later on. But same sort of situation, two weeks out, plus an Origin. The money that he's at and the 5-8 the options that are out there, somebody like a Jerome Luai, if he doesn't play uh, for New South Wales this year, even Cody Walker, I think they're better options at this point. Even a, even a Tyson Gamble, I know it's a, it's a bit of a downgrade, but he, he seems to be a safe 50. And uh, you'll take that over origin period. People, this is one bit of advice I'll give. Lower, lower your expectations for origin period. Um, a safe 50 is, is gold, in my opinion, compared to to other weeks gone by. But yeah, Grant out, Munster out for one to two weeks. Similar mold to Fafita, who we'll touch on coming soon. Um, for the Roosters, mate, we've touched on him before, but carrying a lot of injuries, Sam Walker. He's named at seven. Are we worried that that he gets uh, that he gets the spell? Look, he is a man that I've got rid of. Uh, obviously, they've, they've got the Cowboys this week and then Broncos next week. So getting rid of Sam Walker is it's very dangerous at this point. Uh, has obviously made a ton of cash. I think he's sitting at, what, about 600K at the moment, uh, which is absolutely ridiculous. But I think with the injuries that he's carrying and the fact that I, th- I think the Roosters look at him and see that they've got a, like, potential star on their hands they're not going to go out there and rush him uh so i think that you're going to find he's going to get a spell in the next couple of weeks so if you're looking to do some upgrades i've gone from him to to hughes i think hughes is just absolutely braining it this year obviously going into origin going to be losing a lot of his spine and his teammates there to origin so i think he's going to be the main man um so yeah i look with sammy walker i think within the next couple of weeks he's definitely a, a seller over the next couple of weeks it just depends when you're going to do it Currently 599,000, has made owners 425K with a break-even of 19 this week. Uh, I can see well where we hold him for, for this week and next week and then move him on. I think Jerome Hughes is a standard option playing around 13 people. So obviously you've got guys like Jamal Fogarty who you can get as well uh, moving forward. But Hughes is definitely the option if you're going to be uh, running a half for for origin. And it's just it's a case of what you want to do with Walker. I mean, the kid's, are, the kid's an absolute freak, but does dip in and out, has an average of... Um, of 85 and a half, despite having a couple of scores below uh, 50. So it's a wait and see, I think for me personally, with the low break, even if he plays um, and he only pumps out of 30 or so, he's still going to make good cash. And then we're going to get another low break, even the week after. And then I'd definitely be, be looking at selling him because the money that can be made and going to someone a little bit more consistent um, or even downgrading to someone who averages a little bit less, but pocketing that money, I think is invaluable. Mate, the, the second rower from the Panda Panthers, Kurt Catewell, out with uh, what is is an injury. Um, worrying. HR. Oh, HR, yeah, yeah. But he was carrying that um, that hamstring issue last week, which seemed to not so much plague him, but the HIA this week rules him out. If you look Liam Martin, other other second rowers now, Liam Martin comes in. Oh, I wouldn't be looking at him. I'd be looking at Kikau if I was going to be picking up a Panther second rower, just because I feel Kikau has more upside than Martin. And he's also going to hold his spot. Um, but do we see, well, we trade at Katewell for a week or, or do you think that's just a little bit jumping the gun? I reckon get rid of Katewell. I think he's going to play Origin as well. Sort of similar mold to the, to the previous two we we're talking about. Could potentially be out for the next two weeks and then enter Origin period. Not worth holding on to him, in my opinion. Uh, you touched on somebody like a, a Kikau or even a Liam Martin. If neither of them, well, obviously Kikau's not going to get picked, but if uh, Liam Martin doesn't get picked for for say the 18th, 19th, 20th man for New South Wales, 
Uh, I think that he, over the origin period, he's going to absolutely brain, especially if he's starting again. You're starting to see him come on. It looks like his fitness is sort of coming back. Uh, but Liam Martin is definitely one I've got my eye on at the moment. 467K for Kirk Well, with a break even of 66, when he does come back. Uh, if he didn't have that center wing tag next to him, I think definitely a sell. But um, I still think there's enough premium center wings coming through that you could potentially look at moving Capewell on. He hasn't made as, as much cash as what people would have hoped. Uh, only peaking at around 60k profit, back to 43. So, look, I've I've ridden, I've death ridden um, Capewell pretty hard all year. So maybe have a, a biased opinion, but yeah, I'd definitely be looking at selling him personally. Uh, one man that is probably not super coach relevant, but it's going to definitely help the guys around him. Adam Reynolds now. It baffles me that the Souths haven't thrown whatever money they want at him, considering how poor they perform without him. He's back. He's probably going to free up uh, Marshall, going to free up Walker, going to free up the outside backs. I think this is a huge tick for Souths and a huge tick for the culture of the club. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. Yeah, look, I, I don't know how he's back. Because, I mean, what, didn't he have a fractured thumb last week and he was you know, predicted to be out from four to six weeks? I, I wouldn't be surprised if this is sort of silly buggers by uh, Wayne Bennett. And I, I wouldn't be surprised to see him pulled. I just don't see how he's going to go out there and, and play this weekend. Mate, they're playing the, I think they're playing the... Sharkies. The Sharkies. Yeah, I can say that. They're playing the Sharkies at Suncorp. So a little bit of a uh, mix of both worlds. He's been linked to the to the Broncos, but also been linked to the Sharks as well. So it might, might be uh, a curtain raiser for what's to come, but still baffles me how they haven't thrown whatever money they want at him, considering how influential he is to the team. Um, doesn't make any sense. And probably the biggest talking point of the week, mate, David Fafita, one of the best players in Supercoach out for two weeks. Uh, what do you make of the challenge? Do you think it was a fair challenge from the Titans or do you think it was always going to end in disaster? Uh, I think it's a pretty fair challenge. I mean, you look at Victor Radley, he got zero weeks and it was literally the exact same thing. It's just a reactionary sort of action. He's stuck his arm out because he's run past him and he's collected him a bit high, a bit of a slap to the forehead. I don't really get it, mate. Like, I think there's so many players out at the moment. Magic Round's meant to be celebrating the game and bringing all the fans uh, to the stadium to sort of celebrate the game for a, for a round and removing players and such a uh, an important player like David Fafita just doesn't make much sense to me at all. Yeah, look, we'll, we'll touch on him now because he is sort of part of the, the Supercoach questions um, section that we have. Initial thoughts, by, uh, hold or sell for feeder. Just, just your initial thoughts when, when, when the news first came down. So, I mean, I think all indications are to hold on to him because you, you know what he can do on any given day. But the fact is, two weeks out, Origin, we've talked about it numerous times, even this podcast. I just think holding him over that period of time, sure, you're probably going to find that there's going to be a week or two over the next what nine weeks where he goes absolutely gangbusters and puts up big scores. But there's so much money on the bench. He's going to go down in cash over the origin period, in my opinion, especially if he only does play 50 or 60 minutes in those backup games. Uh, and you'll be able to pick him up after origin if you do want him. And that's if he gets through origin unscathed. You've got to remember that Fafita's come off uh, some pretty big injuries over the last year or so as well. So I think getting rid of him now and then sort of reassessing your options in uh, nine weeks time is the best best way forward. Yeah. So look, I made a post on this last night. 
he could potentially miss six of the next nine games. So round 10 suspended, definitely out. Round 11 suspended, definitely out. Round 12, he's back playing. No one's going to be um, threatened by origin or whatnot. So he'll be playing round 12. Round 13, he's in origin camp. Round 14, he could potentially be backing up playing crap minutes. Round 15 and round 16, he's unscathed and playing. Round 17, he has the buy and is back into origin camp as well. And round 18, he could be backing up playing shit minutes. That's six games there out of a potential nine that he could miss. And for $850,000, I would much rather sell him, pick up players that are going to bolster my team for round 13 and potentially be season-long keepers as well. And then look at picking up Fafita when he comes back down in price. He's currently 150 break-even or something ridiculous. And we know that he can do that. But um, yeah, it's for, for me, I think it's a pretty clear-cut sell. But that may be coming from a, a different point of view. I understand people that are going to hold him. But I think with all the issues that people have, um, getting some money in and fixing those issues. I think that that is the best play for me personally, mate. Oh, for sure. And if you can swap him out for a two Harris as well um, and, and then have an extra, what, 200K to play with, uh, for me, it's a bit of a no-brainer. Obviously, Harris is going to be available uh, right up until the finals. So, yeah, look, bring in a Harris, get a consistent 80 uh, and then sort of reassess your options towards the back end. Mate, one cash cow that uh, started the year on fire, but has sort of fizzled out in the last two weeks or so, Josh Schuster. Now, had scores of 46, 90, 47, 64, 93, 74, 53, 43 for Manly. Minutes have been 80 uh, every week, which is which has been great, but uh, not playing around 13, probably fizzled out a little bit in price. Uh, you can sell him now for just under 500K. That's probably the smartest move in my opinion, mate. Oh, for sure. I mean, you look at somebody like a Tommy Turbo coming back into the side and you would think that Schuster would only be uh, become even more impressive when he's back, but uh, it seems to be the opposite. You look at those scores that you just read out then and the common denominator in them is the fact that Tommy Turbo is back in the side. Uh, look, I think Schuster has peaked. He's sitting at nearly 500K. I think if you jumped on him early, you'd be absolutely ecstatic with how much money he's made you. Uh, but yeah, now is probably the time to sort of reassess your options there. If you sell him now, you're only losing $10,000 from his peak, which was 505K. He's now 496. So yeah, I think Schuster selling him is is the way to go. But a similar point to Munster, like who do you replace him with? Because there is very, very little 5X coming through if you own already someone like a, a Luai. So that's, I guess, the only um, qualm that you have to, to counter that. His break-even is currently 83. So yeah, I could definitely see a world where, where you do hold because there's nothing coming through. I think Adam Dewey going to center really hurts a lot of people. And as high on Dewey as I was, uh, the move to center, I don't understand it because he has been our best player. But yeah, more Madge Maguire talk that I can't wrap my head around. Another coach with questionable decisions. What a segue. Uh, Todd Payton has finally seen the best out of Jason Tamalolo. Um, but what, do you think it's worth him buying now? Or do you think waiting uh, a week or two is the way to go? Uh, I think you could wait a week or two. I think there's more important things. But in saying that, uh, we obviously know that there's a lot of second rollers and a lot of question marks around him at the moment. We've touched on David Fafita. Uh, obviously, Angus Crichton there as well. Uh, look, I think that there, there are a few players that you're probably sitting there uh, considering getting rid of. So I think for me, um, I, I would probably wait a week or two just to see how Tamalolo goes, see what's going on in Cowboys world. You obviously know everything that was going on with him and Todd Payton to start the season. Uh, what's to say that in a week or two, we don't see that again. You got to remember the Cowboys did versus the Broncos last week when he got his impressive score. Uh, and that's a rival game. Like Tamalolo is always going to get up for that game. So I think seeing how he goes the next couple of weeks is your best, your best option. 
Now, he played the week before against the Warriors. He played 44 minutes and scored 41 points in base. So nearly one PPM for, for base compared to last week where he played 71 minutes and scored 62 in base. Now, I understand him playing longer minutes is going to result in probably less work rate, but did rely on those uh, attacking stats to bump him up over a ton. To give some context, his break even is 77. So we know Tamalolo, uh, his sort of career average in the last couple of years has been around that 70 to 70 between 75 and 80. So if he has an average game for what he has in previous years, he's not going to go up in price too much uh, and not going to go down in price too much. So it's probably going to be the same price you're looking at next week. So for me, if you can grab a player with that much upside for the exact same price next week after getting another look at him, um, that's something I would definitely do. Like I'm still happy to pay 605K for for Jason Tamalolo on his day. Uh, But it's a case of how Peyton's going to use him, obviously injury issues, um, rattled him. He played the first game and then missed the next uh, six. So it's a big investment to make, but but I'm happy to make it when when he proves himself. Someone else with uh, big injury issues, mate, uh, Ryan Madison, is he coming back to his best footy? And um, I think now is the time to pick him up. Would you agree? Oh, well, I mean, he's the most popular, popular by this week, isn't he? I, I think he's right up there on that list anyways. Uh, Look, Ryan Madison, you know how I feel about him. I think now, in terms of the price that he's at, you're not going to get him cheaper. I think now he's playing 80 minutes again, obviously in a, a very good eel side there. Uh, I think he's a great purchase. The only thing is that you've got to remember is those concussions. It's the only reason why I'm not going to like going near him at the moment is that those concussions still worry me a lot. I think one more flick to the, flick to the temple and he's Dunsky. Um, in saying that, obviously got a break even of 64 this week up against the Warriors. So I think he's only going to start going off cash again. Uh, if you're going to jump on him now, this this is the week to do it. I currently have Madison in my team, so I can't tell you what his trading in percentage is because like, underneath it says he most traded and not in my team. But Madison isn't in the top five, but I would very much assume he is. I will reverse my trades quickly and I should be able to tell you what his percentage of bringing in is. If I'm going, to stall for, I'm going to stall some time. Oh, you've already got it for me, mate. How how fantastic. But yeah, uh, 5.2% with Isaiah Papali'i, 5.7%. And Tyson Gamble at 14% uh, traded in. I guess we'll touch on these quickly, the, the most traded ins and outs um, that aren't in my team. So this could be subjective. But yeah, Tyson Gamble ranks first. Would you agree with that at 186K? Or do you think people are jumping the gun? Look, they, they, have, a, they have a tough draw, but he has a solid floor. So it's a, it's a way up decision. I think with Munster out, um, and, and Connor Watson being unsure uh, at that 5'8 role, people are trading out for Gamble? Oh, for sure. I'm not surprised at all. I mean, you just touched on those two players there, and then you've also got Sam Walker and Schuster, who I think are getting towards their peak. Um, so I'm not I'm not surprised at all to see Tyson Gamble there at the top. Obviously, sitting at 186K, bring him in. That clears up a ton of cash if you do get rid of somebody like a Sammy Walker or a Schuster, uh, and then you'll find you'll be able to upgrade to pretty much any gun that you want elsewhere in your team. So not surprised at all to see Tyson Gamble that high. Not surprised at all to see David Feeder as the number one traded out option this week. Oh, exactly. I mean, we've touched on all the reasons why to get rid of him. I, you know, one of my mates was messaging me and he said he's going to keep him. And to be fair, he's got the team to be able to keep him. Um, and the, his reason is that it's going to become a pod. Like having David Feeder in the weeks that he does play is, is going to become a pod. Completely agree. Um, but it just depends on how your team's set up. And if, if you're happy to sit there and swallow the fact that you've got an 850K player sitting on the bench, you know, in six out of the next nine weeks, then you're a better man than I. Oh, if you've had an absolute god tier with runs of injuries and, and you don't have to trade him out, yeah, that's sweet. Like I, I understand it, but um, a lot of people haven't been as fortunate. A lot of people brought in Zach Lomax, looked like a fucking clown on social media. Um, <laughs> but yeah, look, I can see where you hold him if you if you had no in, injury issues. But 
Um, could also see what we you throw at the 850k. Mate, one man that's currently on the most traded out list in sort of my team. Um, I'm not too sure how other people's are looking, but number three is Ryan James. Now, named back on the bench for, for Ricky Stewart with a break even of 56, currently priced at 287k. What do we make of Ryan James moving forward? No, get rid of him. You know how I feel about the how, how I feel about the Raiders at the moment, mate. They're just yeah, there's too much concern around him. Ricky Stewart looks like he's about to fucking pop out an Uzi and fucking blast the locker room. He's not a happy man at all. The team just keeps getting swapped. Yeah, I, I've Raiders. There's two teams in the comp that I like. I don't want to go near their players, and Raiders is one of them. Like they they're just too much concern around him. Yeah, miss miss me with it, mate. I'm looking at Hudson Young. Now, I know that we don't talk about Raiders, but I think Hudson Young could be a sneaky pickup. I think Jack Whiten could be another sneaky pickup from the Raiders. Hudson Young's back into the 13. Minutes depending, I think he's a 60 average kind of guy. The only worry that I have is um, the horse on the bench that could probably play a bit of 13, but and Josh Hodgson as well, now that I think about it. Actually, don't listen to me about Hudson Young. I, I thought he was a great looking option, but there's two guys there that are going to play 13 that are really going to ruin that. But Jack Whiten, I think... Um, if you're happy to cop the the poor weeks he's going to have, the amount of X factor that he brings, I think Jack White could go huge this week against the Bulldogs. Um, I've backed him in for a big game. He's got Melbourne next week, the Roosters the week after, uh, and then it frees up after the bye. The the Broncos, the um the Broncos, the Dragons, the Titans, Manly, the Sharks, Parramatta, Newcastle, St George. So like probably one tough game there in in the next six or seven after the bye, and we know how destructive Jack Whiten can be. But are you worried with how um, inconsistent the Raiders are about picking someone with such a low floor but such a high ceiling? I think he gets picked for origin as well, mate. Look, uh, I, I like the Raiders this week against the Bulldogs. I think, for me, Simmonson's the one that you, you need to have in your side. Obviously, oh, miss Rapana me. being out. Miss me with this. You, you hit me up at 2.30 last night uh, raving about Simmonson. And, oh, I don't know. I don't know, mate. <laughs> mate I don't know. Rip- all right, hear me out. Rappiner's out. Uh, Simmonson over to his side. We obviously know that that's the attacking side. Uh, obviously, Raiders versus Bulldogs. Chances are they're going to put on about forty points. I reckon Simmonson is almost a lock fit. If you've if you've got him in your team this week, I'd be definitely chucking him in. Um, but yeah, look. In terms of uh, Whiten, I think he's going to get picked for New South Wales. Uh, while I don't really agree with it, I think he's been pretty pretty average this year, and I think we've got better options than Whiten. I, I still think he is going to be picked. Uh, but yeah, that back end is incredibly juicy. I think if you are going to bring him in, you could look at moving somebody like a Schuster for him. Uh, won't it's not going to cost you that much at all to sort of make that swap. So yeah, you, yeah, you, you actually make money because Whiten is priced so low. What's Whiten at at the moment? Four hundred and thirty-six k with a break-even of yeah, seventy-six. Wow. Wow, for, wow, wow. For yeah. a supposed Dalian player, the best player in the comp last year. Um, yeah, don't get me wrong. Whiten isn't a Lua. He's not going to go out you and get your 60s to 100s every game, but he's a guy that can get you 150, which I don't think Lua can. Um, so it's it's all about riding the good with the bad. And, and picking your team for the run home, I think, is so crucial because you can play guys based on matchups. And mate, we're, we're not an NRL show by any means. We sit here and talk shit about Supercoach, but. I think it's a good idea if we sort of give our origin teams and sort of how we see um, them being lined up. I know I'm throwing you under the bus here because this wasn't discussed, but as, as a New South Welshman, mate, what is your sort of origin side and and how would you see that affecting your Supercoach trades moving forward? Yeah, fucking talk about put me on the spot, mate. Jesus. Uh, look, at fullback, I think Teddy's going to be fullback. Uh, on the wings, I'd look at, Addo Carr's definitely got one of the wings. And then you're looking at either Toto or somebody like Tom Travojevic, depending on if you're going to play him in the centers. 
Uh, if you do play Toto, then I'd have Tom Trebojevic and Latrell in the centers. Again, if you put uh, Turbo onto the wing for Toto, you can bring somebody else in and you can have Latrell and Jack Whiten in the centers. In the halves, I'd have Jerome Luai and Cleary. I know, obviously, I go for Penrith and it sounds a bit biased, but I just think having combinations is massively important. I also think that Luai gets the best footy out of uh, Cleary. I think he really sort of shores him up and lets him control the team. Um, look, the forwards is where I really scratch my head for New South Wales. Obviously, Damian Cook's going to be playing hooker. Uh, I think Daniel Sarfidi has to be in the team. He's New South Wales' best prop last year. Uh, and then you're either going to be going somebody like a Payne Haas uh, or maybe a Junior Paulo. Uh, in the second row, I'd be looking at Angus Crichton for sure. Yeah, I think he's definitely got one of one of the uh, second rowers. And you're looking at somebody like a Tyson Frizzell or a Cameron Murray. Uh, and then in the 13, I'd have Isaiah Yeo. Again, simple reasons, combinations with uh, Jerome Luai and Cleary. No, I, I, think, I think Isaiah Yeo is the best 13, 13 in the comp right now. Um, but bias, being a biased Panthers fan or not, I think he's the best 13 and, and should be picked uh, over Radley or over Murray. Uh, I think he provides so much and, and will help Cleary and Luai out especially. Oh, for sure. And not, not to mention you, I mean, Murray's got an injury at the moment. Victor Radley hasn't been himself since he's come back. Uh, I still think Murray and Radley should be in the team for New South Wales. I'm not saying that at all, but I think Isaiah Yeo, given his combinations with somebody like a Cleary, like if you're somebody that doesn't watch Penrith very often, watch on Sunday when they're versus the Titans and watch how often the ball goes from Isaiah Yeo to Cleary. Every single time the ball, Cleary gets the ball, I guarantee it's from Isaiah Yeo and it's always good ball. Yeah, the, pro- um, the problem with, like, let's let, let's look at someone like Parramatta, for example. Like Junior Polo helps that a lot, but when Junior Polo isn't on the field, I think this definitely shows that Mitch Moses has to play in the centre third to create stuff. Um, which takes a lot of time away from him. Whereas you look at Penrith and Cleary can park himself on that right edge and just target that A and B defender because he knows that um, the ball he's going to get from Yo in the middle is going to basically like eliminate that center third of the field where where Luai can park himself on one edge and, and Cleary can play on one edge as well. So I think Luai um, and, and Cleary will definitely benefit from Yo, especially if he plays 13. But the big question I wanted to put to you as a New South Wales mate, to Gerbo or not to Gerbo? I would not, Jerbo. I think that he he hasn't really deserved it this year. Like, obviously, he's looking better now that his brother's back, but on the bench, you, you've got so many different options. I think Pappenhausen's definitely going to be there. Um, I'd put somebody like a Victor Radley. You've obviously got somebody like a Dale Finucane. We know he hasn't played a whole lot this year, but there's just so many different options you can go towards. And I just, I don't think Jake Dvojevic has been there this year and, and last year as well. I thought he was, he was really poor last year, to be honest. In my New South Wales origin team, I don't know if it's controversial or not, but I've got no Pappy. Because I've got Toe on the wing, um, Turbo in the centers, and that leaves Whiten at 14 for me. So I don't know, I don't know what Freddie's thinking, but I can see a world where Pat doesn't play Origin, mate. Yeah, I think everything that I've read, it seems that Pappy's like a shoe in to get it to be in that side. Uh, I was reading something yesterday that you know Joey Jones is massive on him, Freddie's massive on him. So I think he's going to get the 14. I just wouldn't be surprised to see White and be put back in that centers and then Tommy Trevojevic out on the wing. I would way rather have Tommy Trevojevic in the centers with Luttrell. Oh, but I, yeah. I wouldn't be surprised to see yeah, Luttrell and uh, Luttrell and White in the centers with Turbo out on the wing and Toto missing out. As a Queenslander, mate, though, I do want Toto picked because DCE sending up high balls to Xavier Coates uh, all day. I think that's going to be a juicy matchup as, despite how well... Um, Toto players running from the field. But I think one man that, that's hard to miss out, Daniel Tupo. I mean, people forget how incredible he is running the ball out of his own third of the field um, and a genuine aerial threat. And I think that's just down to, to the Roosters this year and them going to Beamon's side and, and the injuries they've got. So I think Tupo is very hard to miss out, mate. Um, for my Queensland team, if people care, um, I've got KP at one, 
I've got Holmes and Coates on the wing. I've got Gagai and Capewell in the centers. I've got Munster DCE in the halves. I then have Papali'i and Tino up front. I've got Grant in nine. Uh, Jaden Sua and Felice Kafusi as the back rowers and 13. I had Pat Carrigan. Um, now it would be, oh, sorry, David Fafita um, in the back row. I forgot about that. And Tino with 13. And then you could probably fill in someone like a, a Mo Fodawaker uh, or Jai Arrow to, to start. So it just depends there. But yeah, uh, as a Queenslander, mate, I, I'm wanting Toto to be picked because I, I really like the matchup that they've got there. I, I don't care what side Toto plays, you marking up against uh, Coates. And we saw how how much of, of struggles that was. Like you look back to that Broncos um, Penrith game where the Penrith just scraped through. I think a lot of that was down to the aerial threat that Coates presents in, presents in that attacking third. Yeah, definitely. Look, it's definitely going to become more of a trend uh, towards the back end of the season to see uh, Toto receive a lot of ball off the kick. Obviously, it eliminates him from taking from running the ball back as well. Obviously, he's going to run the ball back, but if you're putting up a, a towering bomb to him, having somebody like Xavier Coates breathing down his neck, as soon as he catches the ball, tackles complete, he's out for that set, and that that really damages Penrith's attack. Uh, and I think that's the same same for New South Wales. Look, I, I wouldn't be surprised if, if it is that case and they've got Xavier Coates on that side. I wouldn't be surprised at all to see Tommy Trebojevic be put on the wing and then uh, Jack Whiten and, and Latrell in the centres. I, I do think Queensland have the better forward pack as well. Um, I really rate Queensland's forward pack. Oh, if, you, if, you, if you had to make an Australian side with, with two halves of the team, you take, um, you take New South Wales' back line, but then you take Queensland's forward pack. Like, I would sprinkle in Payne Haas in my Australian side, but... Um, if you had to just pick one half of the side, then yeah, definitely you take a Queensland's forward pack. I think um, I, I said this to you the other day, mate. I don't think Damien Cook is the best hooker in New South Wales, let alone um, in the country. So personally. No, oh, for sure. Well, I mean, I think Harry Grant is the Australian hooker at the moment. I know he hasn't played a whole lot this year, but Damien Cook has really uh, declined over the last two years and just hasn't looked himself. Uh, even for New South Wales in, in the series last year, I didn't think he was overly impressive. Um, the only concern for Queensland as well, going back to that, is their backline has a, a lot of injuries, like niggling injuries at the moment. You mentioned Capewell. He's got a hamstring, a rib, and a HIA at the moment. Uh, obviously, we know that DCE is really struggling at the moment, and he's been getting injections before every game. Munster's has got his foot injury. Uh, look, the, the list just goes on. So it's going to be very interesting to see uh, how both these sides line up come origin time. Mate, you're just you're forgetting Origin Gagai. He's uh he's about five players in one when he puts on that Queensland jersey. Yeah, as miss for, him, mate. Oh. As for Cook, mate, um, a follower called me crazy for suggesting that Jaden Braley is a better option for for Origin over Cook. I mean, Braley's 25 and playing some exceptional footy, and Cook's just been very mediocre. So look, for I would never be employed because um, mate, I had testing you in my original Queensland side a couple of weeks ago, but. Yeah, I could see a world where, where Jaden Braley starts over Cook, and I don't hate that personally. Yeah, and also the Tessie New thing isn't your fault that fucking Kevy Walters thinks having Tessie New out of the side is is better for the side. Than also, also had Jake Turpin at fourteen as well. Uh, yeah, yeah, okay. Look, you made some <laughs> you made some silly mistakes there, but that, that's all right. But no, I'll, my, I'll give you my, my my point being, I could definitely see uh, um, Jaden Braley being being like he's not going to get picked this year. Like we'll 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 cross that bridge, but I could definitely see him being the hooker of the future. Um, Appy oh, Coruscant is probably just a little bit too old to break into that New South Wales side. And yeah, Bradley's playing some of his best footy, mate. You know what you're going to get from him in, in origin. He could get you 65 tackles. He's not going to create as much spark out of attack as Cook, um, but he definitely can, can contribute with the running ball. So yeah, I think Cook's days are over. Um, Harry Grant is the future. And for, for New South Wales, I think Jaden Bradley could be the future as well. 
Oh, definitely. I mean, New South Wales are going to look look towards the future at some point. I think Cook's got the next couple of years just because uh, obviously you're going to keep players like him and Teddy in the side uh, while you're bringing through all these new players that are coming through. You need some veteran presence there. But um, yeah, look, I, th- I think Braley's going to take over that position as well at some point. I just don't think it's going to be for the next maybe year or two. All right, mate, that's going to wrap up our origin teams. One last thing before I let you go. I haven't seen your team, but I could pretty much imagine your captains. Are we VCing Turbo Captain Cleary? Yeah, 100% hit the nail on the head. Uh, look, obviously, Cleary is the last game of the of the round, which works tremendously for me. Uh, and then I've obviously got a few uh, players that aren't playing this week. So I've never, ever done a VC loop, but I think that this week might be the first week that I'm going to do it. And I touched on this with you last night, mate. Are you, with the stats that I sent you, um, the Titans are a, a pretty good side at, def- at defending uh, halfbacks. Are you worried that that um, they shut him out at all? Uh, look, the Titans' defense really really doesn't worry me at all. I think their attack is pretty tremendous. I think they, they look really good in attack. But the fact that they're missing Fafita this week, uh, Penrith going back up to Suncorp after playing there, what, three weeks ago, um, I think heading into Origin, their halves are really going to be putting their hand up, especially playing at Suncorp. I think there's going to be a, a lot of feeling around it between Jerome Luai and Cleary. So I wouldn't be surprised to see both of them have big, big games this week. The Titans only average 50, I think it was 52 points against um, halves. So that's something to keep in mind. And I'll be posting my captains on socials tomorrow, but I'll also be dropping them on the Supercoach Preview podcast tomorrow. But Nathan Cleary doesn't feature in my captains. Um, and that's just down to the, the statistical uh, evidence we've seen from the Titans. But yeah, I think um, if you're going to go with a gut field choice this week, I think Cleary could could be it. But for me, uh, I'm going to chuck the C on uh, Tedesco this week, mate. I understand that the Roosters are cooked, but I think that's going to play into Teddy all the more. They're playing the um, the Cowboys. So that could be a, a juicy matchup. And if Teddy has to do all, do all do it all himself. Um, yeah, I think that's going to be a bloodbath. But that means no VC on Turbo, which uh, could suck. But I could also see a world where the Broncos get up for Magic Round um, at Suncorp, which which could be huge. But, mate, I will love you and leave you. Thank you very much for coming on today, uh, making up for Monday for the guys that missed it. But we'll get you back on every Monday, every Wednesday. A lot of people seem to enjoy these longer forms of podcasts, which will come once or twice a week. Uh, thank you very much for your time, Joe. Much appreciated, mate. No worries at all, mate. And I'm going to put one thing to you to just to end this podcast. Um, so next week, how about we'll go whoever has the highest score. Um, so for, for example, in Supercoach Classic, uh, whoever has the highest score out of you and I, we get to give each other a nickname for the week and we'll do something different every week. How do you feel about that? Um, you may as well lock in my nickname for the rest of the year, mate. I'm, I'm having an absolute shocking week. But yeah, definitely. Well, it'll it'll uh, create a bit of fun for the guys. Uh, that are listening but mate if you want to give yourself a quick plug before we leave i know that um you are in and out of the social media game but give it a plug yeah so just at the park footy pod uh, at park footy pod on instagram to be honest not really posting on there at the moment um sort of me and my partner that i was doing it with uh sort of not not really fallen out of it but a lot of things have come up uni work etc uh so i'll just be coming on here if you have any messages send them through to to whisper and we'll we'll get on to them on the pod or just send them through to uh, at park footy pod and I'll, I'll make sure to bring them up on the on the podcast mate just get a chronic eye disease that stops you from uh seeing and then you'll be able to do super coach all day every day mate that's my advice yeah oh, mate no, i'm fucking well past <laughs> that point <laughs> All right. Thank you very much for listening, everyone. Uh, We'll be back tomorrow with the Supercoach preview and Joe will be back on Monday to rub in how well he has gone. Thanks, mate. You.